0: bringing an informed financial perspective to the Cayman community.
1: Good morning and welcome to Money Sense. I'm your host, Amy Hubble, and today we have a special ladies-only panel live in studio with me. Joining us again, which I know both of you have, have been here multiple times from the CFA Society of Cayman Islands, is Georgie Luxton, the founder of Liberty Wealth Partners, and Monique Frederick, the head of asset management for Butterfield Bank. Good morning, ladies, and thank you for joining us again.
2: Thanks morning. for having us.
1: All right. And in addition, we have a special guest with us today, Miss Rianca Dorsenville. Riyanka is the founder and president of Your Greatest Contribution, a virtual financial financial planning firm in the U.S. You'll see her on TV as part of CNBC's Digital Financial Advisor Council. She also sits on the Certified Financial Planner Board's, Board's Diversity Advisory Group. And she has been in Investment News' inaugural 2017 Women to Watch Rising Star, Wealth Management's 10 to Watch in 2018 and has been published in Forbes, USA Today, Black Enterprise, CNBC, Women's Health, and more. Welcome, Rianca, and a happy late birthday yesterday.
3: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me.
1: All right. I feel like we're a nerdier version of The View this morning. <laughs> kicked all the guys out. But, Rianca, you also host a podcast. And it's called uh, 2050 Trailblazers, right? Mm-hmm. And it's devoted to increasing diversity of all types, right. but specifically within the financial industry. Mm-hmm. Tell us why creating a, a gender-balanced culture was important to you and why you took such a passionate interest kind of in this subject.
3: Yeah, well, I, um, you know, in America, they, we are transitioning into a very beautiful mosaic of different cultures, different backgrounds women are almost 50% of the population. And so we want to see, you know, just a more balance in the workplace as well. Um, Women tend to uh, be the head of the household when it comes to like the finances and like being the financial steward of the household. And so um, we have to just continue to increase the education so that when it comes time for us to start, you know, managing the household, the finances and everything, we can be confident when we we do so. Yeah, absolutely. And and speaking of kind of,
1: managing the finance and making making that career decision and the education that's involved, um, I saw a stat that kind of 40% of career decisions happen between the ages of 18 and 21, which you assume to kind of be college years. But that seems like a very young age to kind of make that decision of what you're going to be doing uh for the rest of your lives I mean was that was that the same way for you for you guys for me I didn't know but Georgie when when did you decide this was what you wanted to do and That's kind of what was your path there
2: I I sort of fell into it I think I graduated um in 2004 no I actually graduated in 2003 and didn't really know what I wanted to do so I stayed on and did a master's so 2004 um it wasn't the best time to be joining the city but I spent my um holidays part-time working in an investment management firm so I'd kind of Mm -hmm. got into the investment world just through that just from sort of being an admin support literally in the holidays so that was sort of my first I suppose um eye-opener into the world of investing and then my first job was in the city of London as a trainee investment manager and it was there that I started doing my CFA straight away um but then it was really only in the last five years that I fell more away from the like the very technical investment management mm-hmm. stock picking side into the human side of the business, right. which is sort of the more financial planning and investment management combined. So I'd say really that's sort of been a, a transition that I would never have known was coming. It was it was very organic. Yeah, is that almost I mean, it's, it's still within the same
1: kind of realm, but it mm. is almost like a career change mm. from more just pure technical mm. investment management mm. and analysis mm-hmm. to more behavioral, exactly. making sure people are doing the right thing yeah. at the right time, yeah. right? What about yeah. you, Monique? When did you make the decision? I, I just expect that you have had your whole <laughs> life, your whole <laughs> life planned crap. since you were like <laughs> age three and a half. No, no, no.
4: I mean, the, through the college years for me as well, however, I actually did my undergrad in information systems. Mm. And then when I did my masters, I um, did my MBA with a concentration in finance. But I think somehow it's also a little bit subconscious in terms of when you, you know, what you were exposed to when you grew up. At least for me, it was because both of my parents were in the financial services industry. So <laughs> no you know, it, it's matter. It, yeah. But I, I mean, I, I chose it. But it you you know what you see in your environment and the things you um, become are the things you become familiar with, mm-hmm. right? So it it was. I guess, a natural progression for me to go into um, finance, even though I started out in um, IT first. And the main reason for IT is just because at that time, there was a need for IT professionals. So, yeah, so I'm like, that's well, that's true. what I'm going to do. Well, I learned something about you today.
1: <laughs> so. Now I know who to call. But that that was kind of the same way with me. My dad was a banker, and I, I didn't even know what that meant necessarily, but turns out I was... turned. Th- was was good at it, kind of fell into it the exact same same way as Georgia, it's kind of started at a, as administrative support and then just kind of worked my way up through that particular company to to, to kind of where we are now. But what about you, Rianca?
3: Yeah, it's funny. Um, between 18 and 21, as you mentioned, we're, you know, in our university years, our college years, and I had no idea what I wanted to do when I went to college. I just knew I was really good in math, and so that was actually why I – The major I declared. And then I took a class called vector geometry calculus. I was like, this isn't for me. (laughs) And so then I started exploring and then I took a um, personal finance class. It was an elective course and I fell in love because we were learning about student loans and what it means to take out student loan debt and credit cards, credit scores. Um, in the United States, we have Social Security. And the big question then and still now is like, will there be enough when, you know, when we retire, when the, you know, 20, 30 year olds retire? Um, and I just saw that you can actually make a tangible impact in people's lives immediately. Um, and you can actually see it and you can see that light bulb go off for them when you're um, informing them and educating them as far as with financial literacy. And that just drew me to it. So I knew I wanted to be a financial planner, not when I went to college, but definitely when I graduated. Yeah, that's. That, I, I always find it interesting how, how the paths
1: kind of collide to, to get to where you are now and kind of which which paths you went, whether or not it was. And I know at least three of the four of us have started our own business, and, and Monique has worked worked her way up. But what, especially in the education-wise, I think – all of us, especially, are very well designated as far as uh, both the CFHR holder and the C- CFP certified financial planner uh, designation for us. What impact, I guess, do you guys think that can have on women, both from a confidence side? Because that was really what drove me to get some of these designations was kind of getting that confidence that I think I lacked as as a young woman in this field. Mm-hmm. Did any of you guys have the same kind of thoughts there?
4: I mean, I think just women in general, I think we feel that we must have certain qualifications to prove that we know what we're talking about. Um, If you look at, um, you know, you have many male counterparts in the industry that don't necessarily have those qualifications but have the experience over time. Um, But for women to sort of get an entry into this field, right, it's difficult to just say, okay, I have the experience. So you feel that you must okay. have the qualifications just to get a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that maybe is one of the differences where maybe some of our male counterparts don't necessarily feel they need to get those qualifications, right? The, the experience itself is sufficient. So I think it, it's critical for, for us to, you know, as a starting point, like you must have some qualification just. To have a seat at the table, yeah,
1: even if it's just in your own brain.
3: So <laughs> it's right. kind of
2: heartbreaking to hear you say those words, but I think it's, I think it's true. I think you've nailed, nailed it there.
3: Yeah, definitely with the confidence piece. Um, I know as soon as I got my CFP, the three years have passed of experience, I passed the exam. And the confidence I wore when I walked into client meetings was just a little different, you know, and I think it is most of it, I think, is in our head of when we are giving advice to a client, especially if the client is twice our age um, or, you know, much older than us. And, you know, we're second guessing ourselves of, you know, will they actually adhere to the advice that we're giving to them? Will they actually, you know, take it, implement it? Um, And you think about the various different things like oh you know I'm walking in as a woman I'm walking in as a woman of color you know well they listen to me you know or are they looking at something else and so having the designations I think really helps yeah. with the confidence for sure yeah you feel
2: the same Georgie yeah I do and I think um, I think you know if you take gender out of it um, I think that having the CFA qualification is almost now a prerequisite for any job in the investment management world regardless Absolutely. really of whether you're a man or a woman but I think that the confidence that it gives particularly to women is very important which speaking of this is
1: this is some interesting stats so this is this was all from the CFA Institute research so it's directed at, at kind of that women in investment management specifically, but women make up 50% of CPAs, so accountants. They make up 48% of medical students, 47% of law students, but only 18% globally, CFA charter holders are women, which is, that's a really questionable stat for me. Just I'm I'm saying all these other professional um, designations, professional industries, professional professions, that are basically fifty fifty. What's wrong with investments? That,
3: uh,
1: <laughs> it is it is a, a mentorship question. situation that we don't see other other women in
3: in leadership there. Um, what do you think, Riyanka Oh goodness, I was I'm so surprised at that stat for the CPA because you hear in the financial planning world, in the CFP world, you hear that. Um, you know, when we ask women why not choose a career in financial planning, they say, oh, the numbers. I'm afraid of the numbers. So to hear almost 50 percent of CPAs are women is just mind boggling. It's like, all right, well, what is the difference? Um, and I think definitely having a mentor or taking it a step further and having a sponsor um, is totally different. So a mentor is that one that you they listen to you. They take it. They, you know, they give you advice and, and you take it sponsor literally holds your hand and pushes you to various, um, outside of your comfort zone. So I, I think definitely because we don't have a lot of CFAs, um, in the industry, uh, there's not just a lot of women to help pull mm-hmm. up other women. So if you are a woman, it's, it's kind of like a, a responsibility of ours to help the, our generation and the next generation.
2: Yeah, I think that's totally true, and I think also the investment management industry, investing in general, is a, has always been so male dominated. When you and think about the test competitive, it's very testosterone laden. Yeah. When you think about the terms, the bull market and the bear market, <laughs> right. like it's very, wow. it's very masculine. Everything <laughs> about it seems very yes, in the the movies, movies, yeah. The movies, the yeah. movies propagates um, that a lot. Yeah, I think that. Unfortunately, you know, and it's so sad. I think that probably turns women off. And as you said, they, they don't, young, young women don't look up and see lots of women, mm-hmm. and they see a very, very male, masculine, testosterone fueled industry, and it doesn't appeal to them.
3: Women are also more collaborative in nature. Um, and so if we're going into an environment where we know we we have to fight every single day, that's tiring. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't see us wanting to, to do that every single day.
2: Which is probably why three or four of us have set up our own firms. Oh, yeah. yeah. We are. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But I, I don't want to hate on men too much because I I most of my mentors were men growing mm-hmm. growing up. I say growing up, but in my <laughs> early career. And I, I so I, I, I don't want to discount that necessarily, oh, but I... I distinctly did not have any beyond kind of peers. I did have several peers, Riyanka being one of them of of people that were doing similar things to me at the same time. But as far as specifically within the firm that I worked for and my career progression, it was all men. Mm-hmm. and And that was okay. but i I do think that, there's there's a lot to be said for women mentors or, or being able to see somebody that looks like you mm-hmm. in the next position. Mm-hmm. So, Monique, I know you are the head of, of asset management for Butterfield. Um, so I know we need to take a quick break. So let me let me come back to it. Um, but think it over the break. We're going to take a 60 second break. We'll come back with our conversation with Rianca Dorsonville, Georgie Loxton and Monique Frederick.
0: OneTradeX knows there's more than one way to invest. OneTradeX is the Cayman Islands only fully licensed online broker dealer, offering discount trading services to individual investors and traders, hedge fund managers, and family offices. OneTradeX has the most competitive online trading prices of any offshore broker worldwide, with no custody or management fees, free demonstration accounts, and no charge to open an account with a $5,000 minimum deposit. Trade stocks, options, futures, bonds, and forex. Learn more and open your free demo account today at onetradex.com. OneTradeX, the Cayman Islands' number one choice for online brokerage. OneTradeX is licensed to conduct securities investment business by the Cayman Islands Monetary Authority. This is MoneySys, bringing an informed financial perspective to the Cayman community. Brought to you by the CFA Society, Cayman Islands, and sponsored by One Trade X. And now, more Money Sense.
1: All right, welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about mentorship, and specifically uh, women mentorship. is in the kind of hierarchy of companies, of being able to see somebody at the top of a hierarchy um, that you can kind of either have as a sponsor or have as a mentor, as Riyanka mentioned. And we were going to Monique to have some... Great thoughts pulled from because she's the head of asset management and really is serving in that capacity as kind of a head of a department. And do you feel a responsibility to be a mentor for the women in your department?
4: I think certainly I think there's a responsibility Um, may not necessarily be just within the department, but just within the company or the broader community. Um, because you do notice that in the field there may not necessarily be that many women, you know, within your own teams, Um, but trying to um, basically get the next generation of those that are in university or um, coming through and having discussions about potential careers, um, that is something that I'm very passionate about because I think we have a responsibility to do that. Um, You know, in terms of for me throughout the the years all the organizations that i've actually worked for i was fortunate enough that um i never felt like i was left out or that you know i was one person and my thoughts didn't matter i I never had um, those kinds of situations there was either um, another female in the organization um, or i've worked in organizations where there was a female ahead of me um so i think uh, those things are important um, and and certainly speaking to you know the the, the newcomers to the fee uh, into the investment industry um, I think we all have a responsibility to do that
1: yeah I would I would definitely agree and I do I do and y- you guys jump in if you feel the same but I do think I feel a particular responsibility for I and I, I think this is part of kind of wh- women's train of thought is I don't always feel like I've, I've earned this position as much as sometimes I just feel like I, I got lucky in some ways and, and said yes to the right things and, and had some good opportunities at the right time versus the mindset of I did this myself, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do feel like I, I'm, I, I owe it to them to kind of put them on the right track. And I know a lot of organizations that all of us are part of do a lot to um, encourage women to either take the CFA exam Mm -hmm. or take the CFP exam, we'll pay for it, we'll give you the materials, we'll give you the study situation to do it and we'll come in and and do it. Do you guys see a lot of women taking advantage of that?
3: Well, um to to the point of your comment around you know our various industries what they're doing for women I know in particular in the financial planning world specifically the CFP um, we are noticing uh, you you mentioned the stat I believe of 18 percent of CFAs are women Mm
1: -hmm.
3: for CFPs the stat is 23 percent and has remained the same um, for the past 15 years and so um, the, the profession is looking at well why and we notice women leave and they don't come back and it's like well why and it's maybe because it's family or childbearing uh, years um, or we know that women are more likely responsible for the children and or um, aging parents and so taking on that responsibility of being that caretaker and it's like all right now I want to get back into the world of you know in in, in working and having a tough time and so what the CFP um, board is doing is, they initiated a program called the reentry program, where there's firms that help um, moms or dads who were helping to raise children and now trying to come back into the workforce, making it much easier and um, you know slowly onboarding them as far as hours because you know you have to transition. You've been out of the workforce for many years, and I think that's just amazing.
2: Amazing, and the, and it's a hard profession to come back to because it's client facing. So if you've built up your client book and then you leave you know, on maternity leave, and even if you come back, I know that women have come back and found, oh, crikey, all my clients have kind of been, you know, been picked up by other people and getting those relationships back particularly if you then stay out for a couple of years. It's obviously really hard. But going back to your point about the responsibility, I think, yes, we all have a huge responsibility to help women come into this profession. And I think we owe it to the women, but we owe it to the profession as well mm-hmm. because the profession desperately, desperately needs the qualities that women bring Absolutely. because we think really differently from men about um, about money and about investing and our kind of inherent... Um, uh, strengths really, really make us great investors. I mean, I yes. think we don't talk about this enough. How great women are at, at financial planning and investing. Yeah. We're very long-term in our thinking. More so, um, often than men tend to be. That really helps when you, you know, when you're looking at. Uh, investing in yeah, financial planning absolutely. you know the studies show we make we make excellent investors and I think that's a message that we need to get out more is how good women are at it yeah and we
1: need more and it, I do think it's a misconception that there's not flexibility in this and mm-hmm. I, I think a all of us would, would agree yeah. in that in in that yes you do work hard and sometimes especially different times of the year you are working long hours but right. I've never felt that I've I've been restricted or or that I couldn't step away from the office for a second here or there. I mean, would you guys agree?
4: I I would agree. I, no. I, you know, I think um you know, and and also if you have more females in <clears throat> in the organizations, they would also know in terms of what flexibility their team would need, right? So giving your team that flexibility, I think, is also important. And, you know, it's not a job that you ne- necessarily need to be at your desk mm-hmm. all day, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, it continues technically. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, right. have, we have a woman
2: here who's running a virtual <laughs> planning firm, right? Right. right. <laughs>
4: exactly. And
3: so, you know, more organizations and and firms are truly embracing technology and being able to work from literally all over the world. And as, you know, Georgie just mentioned, you know, I have a virtual firm, um, and, I can literally work from any, anywhere. <laughs> that's so ama- so.
2: I mean, let's just, it's such a powerful thing for yeah. a woman who wants to have a family and, yes. you know, try and, and find some balance. I, I I really do think it's a great, great career path for women to actually have balance. I mean, I look at lawyers, for example, who, you know, work crazy hours compared to, I think, the sort of hours that I had to work when yeah. I was working my way up in an investment management firm.
1: Yeah, I think it is completely different as far as that idea. I mean, we have, we have, we're, we're on call all the time, which is good and bad, but it also means that uh, we we can have, I think, a balanced life. And it's it's a well-paying job, too, I think yes. we would all agree from that standpoint. There's there's no reason to get involved. But, okay, so let's pivot here at the end end of the show and talk just a little bit because we just got off of, of uh, International Women's Month in March, and mm-hmm. April is Financial Literacy Month. So mm-hmm. let's bridge that a little bit because – Financial literacy with women is atrocious, and I think Georgia, you were mentioning earlier that, and you, you can talk about kind of your your thoughts on it, or your belief to it, but that women have traditionally not been the money managers of the household, at least not from an investment side. But right. the majority of women at some point are going to be responsible mm-hmm. for their own money, mm-hmm. either because we're getting married later, or an unexpected divorce, or they're just be
2: we live for Out live. Out live. So, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. At some
1: point, you're going to need to know what you're doing here. And you don't just want to, to wake up one day and it'd be a surprise. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about the state of financial literacy and its importance for women?
2: Oh, gosh. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, and that it's, just seemed like a loaded, canon question. So, <laughs> it's so, so, so important. And I think, you know, our industry has um, a lot to answer for here because, unfortunately, financial services firms have not spoken to women at all you know, their messaging has never spoken to women. And I, I think the big banks and, the, you know, certainly in the US have been starting to try and do mm-hmm. it. But have they got it right? No, probably not. They've still kind of taken their brochures and made them pink and thought, hey, this <laughs> will appeal to women. And, you know, the stats play out because, what is it, 75% of women, when their husband dies and they're responsible for their money, fire their investment manager. Yeah, that's a, you know, that's a real stat. So, you know, the financial services firms are are to blame a lot, I think, for the lack of engagement that women have had in in the investment um, in the investment part mm-hmm. of their family finances. Like Bianca said, the women will often be the ones that have a very strong sense of what's being spent week to week. They'll do, mm-hmm. you know, they know the household expenses, yes. mm-hmm. but do they know the higher level stuff? The inve- You know, are there any investments? What's in the pension accounts? What's the mortgage? Generally, no. Um, I, and I find that
1: a lot of the women I work with are are nervous to ask questions. They don't yeah. want to appear like they don't understand. And actually men are, are similar in that way in that they don't want to also ask questions because they don't want to be asked. But especially in meetings, I think most of the meetings that I attended as younger in my career, the spouse, the female spouse would sit there and just observe, mm-hmm. whereas most of the conversation was with the male. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think I'm personally trying to change that in my conversations with couples because couple dynamics are especially um convoluted when it comes to mm-hmm. finances because mm-hmm. there's no right way to do it right. what have you guys found works kind of with encouraging both spouses to, to be involved with that
4: I mean from my perspective I, I, I always f- I mean you're right right when, I, when I'm when i in client meetings I can see um, I try to look at the facial expressions as mm-hmm. well right, right because, body yes, because one person maybe and it may be the male that's speaking but I'm looking at what the, the female what what the the spouse you know what is her face telling mm-hmm. me yes um, because you're right there w- what will typically happen in a, in in the past is they'll have the you'll have the conversation and then they will go home and have the conversation right right, <laughs> right? so you know the the preference would be To have that include them in the conversation. Yeah,
1: sometimes I'll get an email back from and the the women do this especially. I'll get an email back just to me, not coffee does, but it's like he didn't say this, but this and this and this and this and this. I'm like, why
4: didn't you say that in the meeting? So I think you know, as as a a woman in the in the room, you have to sort of pull out, Mm -hmm. you know, and get them involved in the conversation. And then also, when you are speaking about you know all the investment jargon, you have to think of the fact that you know, there may be lack of financial literacy there, and so you you can't just speak to th- the men in the room and assuming, you know, okay, they may have some investment knowledge. But generally they
2: don't either. But that's right. true. <laughs> yeah, that might, be true. No, that might you know, be true. No, you know, the, yeah, yes, the yes. actual yes. level of knowledge that I think they've shown in the research is pretty similar, right? But the, again, the it goes to the confidence. <laughs> the men are not being so confident more confidence. confident in making the financial decision whether it's the woman will be the one that wants to go away and she really wants to understand it. Yeah, yeah. wants to understand yes. it, think
1: it yes. through. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and yeah and ask the right questions, yep. I think. Yeah. Well, I think this has been an amazing conversation. Yes. I really appreciate all of you guys getting up early and, and joining us on Money, since we are out of time. Um, But thank you so much for joining us. As a final note, we wish to thank our sponsors, OneTradeX and the CFA Society of the Cayman Islands, and remind our listeners that a rebroadcast of today's show can be heard as a podcast on the CFA Society Cayman Islands webpage. And encourage anyone who has a question or topic that they wish us to cover to please tweet us at MoneySenseRadio and join the conversation. With that, thanks again, and please tune in again
0: to MoneySense in two weeks' time. MoneySense is brought to you with the support of OneTradeX. OneTradeX, the Cayman Islands' number one choice for online brokerage. is Grand Cayman's Warehouse Shopping Superstore. Making your dollar go further with huge savings and no membership fees. Get more of the things you use every day at the right price. But it's not just grocery and health and beauty. Priced Right has a full range of products from office to automotive, patio furnishings to kitchen appliances, and even electronics. And since warehouse prices mean savings for you, everything is priced right.